Hey there, it's JVL. On The Secret Show today, I was joined by Tim Miller. We talked about the economy and Bidenomics and what are voters actually thinking? Here's the show. My contention is that uh, in every economic time, there are lots and lots of people who are in a precarious position because this is America and we are sort of red and tooth and claw and our social safety nets are okay, but not great. And, you know, no matter when you are, if you're in the 1986 when things were going great, if you're in 1996 when things are going great, uh, there are a whole bunch of people who are an illness or a lost job away from, from real financial calamity. And so even in times where we say the economy is good, there are a lot of things which cut both ways. Good for some people, bad for other people. For instance, uh, we say today that inflation is bad. And inflation is bad unless you happen to hold a lot of debt at a, high, at a low interest rate. right? If you bought a house five years ago and your, your uh, mortgage is at like a 2.8% yeah, the, the, the inflation is very good for you because it is eating away at the value of the debt you owe. Uh, if you are, if if, inf, if interest rates go up, and, and that begins to, cool I bought the a house in April, market. by the way. So maybe this I, is I col- maybe this is coloring our uh, totally the, the discussion. This is coloring totally our discussion. Yeah. Uh, if you are, uh, if interest rates go up. This has a cooling effect on the housing market, right? It, it slows the housing market down because the the costs for you know to borrow money go up and your monthly payments go up, et cetera, et cetera. That is uh, bad for somebody trying to sell a house, but is generally pretty good for the buyers because the cooling market means that they have more leverage in their negotiations and that they're going to be able to, to do better on price. So these things always cut both ways. And my contention is that we have an insane mismatch right now between voter perceptions about where the economy is and where the economy actually is. And where the economy actually is, is pretty good. Not not great, not perfect. There are problems, et cetera, et cetera. But also there are always problems. There is no, there is no time when all the indicators go up and everybody is a winner. That's not it. And today we have people like you listen to Sarah's focus groups and there was guys like this is the worst it's ever been worse than the Great Depression. What the fuck are you talking about? What the fuck are you talking about? You know, and uh, this mismatch is not rational and cannot be explained away by, well, celery is more expensive this week. Right. And when people then say things like, I want deflation, you know, well, the prices, we, when the prices go back to what they were five years ago, then we'll, you know, then we'll pay hey, G money. Yeah. Sorry. G money walking through the background. Uh, these people do not understand that price deflation is never correlated with a healthy economy. Right. When, when prices right. start going down, that is a bad sign for every economy. And so the, the it's just irrational the moment that we're in in people's view of the economy. That's that's I my want to, Okay, so I want to make the pitch for why it's rational. I don't really disagree with any of that, but I want to give you a frame that, that, that I want to try to work this out real time. I like the secret pot. I don't feel like I have to, you know, have, my, nice? have my take down, have I my know. shtick down. Like we can just work it out. But it's something like this. 
um, which is, you know, people like it's just kind of wired into most of our systems, maybe not yours. But the, like, especially in a, it's an American thing too. I think really that people want to be aspirational, like they want to feel like they they have more coming. They're getting more. Their kids are getting more. That next week, if they get a raise, they'll be able to do more stuff. They'll be able to have a better vacation next year than this year. Okay, like that's just that's a psychological thing. And I think that um, right now we're in a we're an economy where a lot of people have like caps on their aspirations because of like the cost of things. Flights are really expensive. Hotels are really expensive. Vacations are really expensive. Going out to dinner is very expensive, right? And and I think that what you're talking about, people that are in real catastrophe, right? The Great Depression. I totally agree with you about the focus group thing. Worse than Great Depression, real catastrophe. If you're at a time, you know, let's say where inflation is low, and the economy is generally good, particularly for people that have skills or a college education. You know, like there's a small percentage of people that are dealing with catastrophe, right? They've lost a job. They've been laid off. It's hard for them to find a job because unemployment's a little high. I'm trying to let's think about the economy maybe in like the 2011, like the slow recovery from the Great Depression, right? right. Or the Great Recession, right? Some people, their house went under. So there's a, a not, not small in aggregate, but small in percentage, right? Like. Right. Say what it is. Six percent of the country is like I'm dealing with a cata- like financial catastrophe, right? But like sixty percent of the country is like I don't know. Like things are pretty good. Like things are getting better. I still have my job. Like my house didn't go under, right? Like I didn't deal with a catastrophe, right? Like the big middle of the country is like you know whatever level they are, lower middle, middle, upper middle. They're like I'm doing pretty good, and like maybe, and I'm starting to get raises slowly, and things are cheap. And I can get cheap flights, and I can get a cheap house maybe because some people's houses went under, right? Right. So there's like, so I, I'm just, uh, you know, right now we're in this time where like a lot of people, except for the very rich, and, and people in specialized industries, certain industries, um, you know, particularly some lower middle folks, by the way, um, like they're they're like. Ugh, I actually have to have a worse vacation than I did last year, you know, or I have to, I've got to, you know, cook the special chicken two more times this week. I know, I know, I know what you're going to say. First world problems. I get, I get it. But psychologically, and then once you go down the income scale, people that are like, people that are really fucked, like I'm a teacher, I'm making 42 grand a year, whatever. And I didn't get a raise or I did get a raise from 42 to 43. And yet my my groceries bill is twice as expensive and my car payment is more expensive and I, you know, my whatever. Um, or people like me, if somebody, you had to, I had to move or, or, uh, um, I guess I don't want to be too personal, but like another family member I have is like had another kid, their house is too small. Right. But it's like, they can't go get a bigger house right now. Right. Because it's like they're more the mortgage would be insane. Like you'd have to move. You'd have to move out to where you live. Like, I guess they could. They could move out to the far boonies. And again, first world problem. Their life is fine. But like that's stressful. Like now, you know what I mean? And I think that there's a broader percentage of people d- dealing with stressful times, a smaller number of people dealing with catastrophic times. But like that creates an angst that I think is rational, if so- not so okay so if not like we don't we shouldn't have fascism over it but it's a rational angst right i mean this is one so so you can squint right if you squinted it you can get to yeah i guess although again uh unemployment which is the single most important thing right 
is historically low. Like the most important thing is, yep. do you have a job? And if you lose your job, can Agreed. you get another job? Right. Agreed. And that is great right now. Real wage growth is outpacing inflation again. Right. This is like the, those are the, the the two big things. And on those two big things, like everything is everything's okay. And people aren't looking around saying, yeah, okay, like, you know, could be better. But uh, I, I would say, you know, compared to how things were during, I don't know, how things were in 2012, I think compare pretty well to uh, how things are today, compare pretty well to how things are were, were in 2012 even. Right? And in 2012. And Obama gets reelected. People, yeah. Obama gets reelected and people were not running around saying, uh we're well, in the Great Depression. Yeah, well, that's sure, Romney was. Yeah, they weren't were. saying great. Yeah, Republican campaigns were saying it's really bad, but it didn't. Yeah. But, but so here's the, again. So I want to get at the psychology of this. In 2012, we're coming off the Great Recession, and it's getting better, but slowly, very slowly, too slowly for a lot of people's taste. I think that a lot of commentators were right wing people were trying to make this a thing, but unless you were one of the people that had catastrophe. And, and total sympathy to you, but I, we're just, we're talking at scale, right? Like, like what matters politically is what does, you know, the vast number of people feel. Most people in 2012 were feeling like, hmm, things are getting a little bit better. Next year, I'm probably going to have a better year than this year. The year after that, I'll probably have a better year than that. I can probably get a new car. Right now, like I think now. a lot of people like feel a little bit better month to month. Like more yeah, jobs but are added. No, but like the numbers are still is going down. But things are still persistently high, and so if you're squeezed, you're like, I don't know. It, you know, it's not like inflate. It's not we're at, not a deflation, as you said. We're it's a little bit of inflation. So it's like, man, if you got to go buy a new car right now. You're going to get a shittier car than you want because the interest rate is more expensive. If you got, you know, need to move, it, you know, like there's just a lot of things right now that people have to say. And I, again, I want to go back to the American psychological part of this because I think that they're probably healthier cultures, you know. But in this consumption culture where it's like, you know, your feeling of happiness and growth is tied to, yeah, I'm going to get to go do this thing or buy this thing or have this experience. <clears throat> A lot of people, and I think that's more of the middle, upper middle view. I think a lot of those folks feel like, man, they're they're going to have to actually tighten their belt a little bit, and that bothers people. And then I think once you get lower down the income scale, it's a real squeeze for people. It's like if you can't get a new car. I'm thinking about one of my buddies here that does, you know, uh, that does gig work. Like his car is fucked up, and it's like. Like getting a new car right now is horrible, right? Like, I, you know, I guess used car prices are coming down. Like, there are other things you can do. You can go get some, you know, again, it's not like, it's not the Great Depression. It's a first world problem. It's not like you shouldn't kill yourself over this, but it's like, it kind of sucks. It kind of sucks. And that, and that was not the case in 2012, really, right? That's different. Yeah, maybe unemployment was still like seven and a half, I think. Right. And for those people, it's catastrophic. Yeah, right? I'm, right. What I'm saying is we have a broad group right now that's like, it kind of sucks. And a tiny group that's like it's catastrophic and a actually decent sized group that's like things are amazing. Um, and back then it was like we had a, a smallish but real group that was like this is catastrophic. But a big middle group that's like things are getting better. Yeah. I can and see I think that. that's so, the difference. So here's my trump card though. Right. Okay. So trump me. So what you're saying is if you squint, it makes sense. And I, I agree with that too. Right. You know, you can squint and have it make sense. But then there are all these other sets of views which are showing up in polling, 
like for instance the votes that donald <laughs> trump is more mentally fit to be president than i thought the votes were going to be your trump card i was going to no, have trouble no. with the votes um you know and that's not a rational thing the the here's the here's the other right so i'm i'm writing today about the thing you sent me yesterday about democratic public opinion in new jersey on bob menendez yep. where uh, he is at 5 5% five in the polling for the Democratic primary. I think it's 10, because, actually. <laughs> was it 5? I thought it was 10. That was in the two-way race. In the three-way okay. race, he's at 5. Okay, got it. <laughs> um, <laughs> in the three-way race, he's at 5. And, and the so Doug Burgum territory. <laughs> Democrats responding to an indictments of Democrats with uh, horror and disgust. And not it's not just Menendez. Remember Andrew Cuomo, who was not indicted for carrying around gold bars of, from bribery. He was like, you know, just a ser- just a serial sexual assaulter uh, or sexual harasser, rather. Uh, and Democratic polling on him collapsed overnight. Like Democrats wanted him impeached or resigned. They wanted him out of there. They did not like it. Republicans on the was a little hand, just. It was a little more stable than Menendez. He didn't go down to 10. It was, he it was had, a little he more did, stable. He had, he had yes. some Cuomo sexuals and I think older black folks, some of the Joe Biden. There, you know, there was like, some of that, right. Yeah. His collapse was not as serious, but it was serious enough that he wasn't going to be able to return his job. Right. Yeah, and sure. in, in his defense, it was only, again, I'm putting that in, in scare quotes, sexual harassment, not felony bribery. <laughs> right. So it was, right. it was different Fair. in scale, yeah. right? Fair. And not also of, rape, coup, fraud. <laughs> right, right. The response of uh, Democratic voters to badly behaving Democrats is pretty rational. And the response of Republican voters to badly behaving Republicans is what well, we have to support him because. And I, I, I have a chart in the triad today with a bunch of like lines drawn by like, you know, this indictment comes out here. Look what happens to Trump's poll numbers a week later. And it's, it's a, like, it's just cause effect, you know, like they, the, and so if, if we look at a huge chunk of voters, half of the country, and they react that way about things like indictments, why should we then go and be squinting trying to understand their views of the economy? Why should we assume that their views of the economy are based in anything more rational than yeah, okay. This is good. Because um, I'm going to partially argue against myself and then and then give an answer. So I think that there are two areas where I agree with you. Number one is I think that we are in a unprecedented time, particularly on right to left, but also somewhat left to right, political polarization and, and how that turns out in polls. And right now we have like literally 92% of Republican self-identified Republicans will never say a good thing about any Democrat or anything that's happening under a Democrat, right? Like that, like that, that is that. So, so, so Joe Biden's like baseline high watermark that he could ever get in a poll is like 53. <laughs> and like, you know, right. from 1960 to 1997, like that, that was ever most president's floor, right? You know, because right. you could get people from, right? So, so I, I think that is totally showing up in the polls and and they're totally, uh, you know, just again to speak against myself, I think upper middle to upper class cons- Republicans complaining about the economy. It's totally irrational. Airports are packed. The boat thing is true. Like people are, uh, you know, it is it does not feel like a recession out there. Everybody's like, oh, it's a recession. I, you know, I liked 
I, unlike you're a hermit, I'm not. I can report from the world, you know, from bars and airports and things world, I that sick. I do. I know you I'm went to the world and got again. sick. I can report from the world. Fancy restaurants are full. Airports are full. Planes, it's like being in a it, boat in, sales it, at an all time yeah. high. This is what what people don't yeah. understand. What you concert your, tickets? Your I was at yes. Beyonce. Superdome is full. Those tickets are not cheap. You know, people are enjoy, people. You know, so so particularly people with money are are enjoying their life. And I think that Republicans who are upper to upper middle. And remember, Donald Trump, despite being the populist party, did quite well with people above a hundred k in in mm-hmm. income. That crowd. Is full of shit, and they're mm-hmm. saying the economy is bad because they're annoyed that they, you know, that they wanted the bigger boat or whatever. I don't know, you know what I mean, or just because they hate Joe Biden, or just because they hate woke people, or because they're, you know, and there are a million whatever irrational reasons. I do think that there is a irrational category out there. Where where I disagree is that I think that Joe Biden is getting hurt right now with a rat with also with a rational group some of them are republicans some of them are independents some of them are his democratic numbers aren't that good you know and i think that there are people that are experiencing real rational not catastrophic but rational um you know life lifestyle problems that that are you know that are causing day-to-day angst for them and anxiety that they didn't have before fair and i think a lot of progs are disappointed with Biden because he isn't a leftist, right? Yeah. I mean, this is right. So he's getting. So this is like. So when you're trying to understand his numbers, it's like, right. okay, there are Republicans that hate every Democrat. That always will. Okay, that used to be a small number. Now that's most of the party. There are Repu- rich Republicans that you would think might like Biden, right? But because of cultural anxiety and polarization and Fox brain worms, like they, you know, so they, so that, so Biden, so Biden's losing with those people. He's losing with on the left some, you know, with some groups. He's losing with some young people that don't that just like look at him and say, "You're an old guy. You don't represent me or care or understand what my generation is experiencing." And then he's losing with some independents that are that have, I think, some legitimate economic concerns, um, not not unemployment, but other concerns. So all of that together, you get you get where he is. And some of those, some of that's irrational. Some of it's rational, and it's all very concerning. Now you would think that the specter of Donald Trump would overshadow all of that, you know, like, you might as think. I wrote about this week, you know, his plan for gulags and the fact that he's just like explicitly saying we should shoot people on the street, um, you know, and, and the fact that his little minions on Fox are, are talking about how they need civil war. You would think that people would be like, yeah, you know, okay. Yeah. Okay. I have to, I have to go to the Marriott this year instead of the Ritz. That sucks, but that's better than fascism. But, uh, but unfortunately we're not seeing a ton of that. All right, let me throw one more thing at you, which is tangentially related, but veers away from the economy. Okay. Uh, Nicole Jokic. No, not Nicole Jokic. We polarize around everything, right? Yeah. This is a, we, we, you know, you pick an issue and we then pull, one party becomes for it and one party becomes against it. Yeah, okay, sure. Are we now polarized on the concept of the rule of law? which is why Democrats just abandoned Menendez right away because in getting indicted is now a, for them, a partisan kind of like, you know, Hey, this is bad. We're in favor of the rule. We're the rule of law party and yeah. Republicans are, you know, don't because, well, that's that, that law stuff is just bullshit. That's deep state, et cetera. We are, we're not going to, if we were to be against Ken Paxton, then we would just be, uh, you know, making those cucks happy, and we're not going to give them that satisfaction. 
Yeah. Okay. I think I have a long-winded answer with this, but I'm going to try to make it as compact as possible. Um, kind of. And you would, uh, I don't think we're fully polarized. You would think the reactionaries, our friends, you know, Bari and Rui and, you know, Nate Silver, um, that crowd, they would say that we are polarized on the rule of law in a different way than you mean it. And like, they would say that, yeah, now Republicans have totally gone against institutional law, the FBI, the federal government, et cetera. Um, and, and, you know, white collar, whatever. But then the Democrats have now polarized the other way and they don't believe we should have any policing. Right. And like, they think you should just be able to shop left. And then that's that polarization is sending Republicans the other way where now it's like, we should actually be able to shoot shoplifters, you know? And so, um, that's what they would say that there is this kind of thermostatic polarization that's happening related to all those issues. I, I, my view, and I think the correct view and yours that you share is that that's is that maybe there's a little bit of that on the left, but that's not quite right because there's a big part of the left coalition that is not polarized on that at all, and that it's like desperately asking for <laughs> like yeah, reasonable. Like, where is that? Like, yeah, reasonable it's policies. Like Ten different uh, city district attorneys who hold those views. I mean, yeah, right. that's not. Yeah, but this is so. so anyway, I, I don't. I don't agree with that. But I'm saying that's what sure. theirs. That's what that's would be the perspective. And so I don't you know. You made if that's, us want to shoot shoplifters. Yeah, exactly. Right. And okay. I don't think that that's quite right. Like I think that what we have here is a, a Republican Party that has decided that every elite institution besides rank and file cops are against them, right? And and they have now polarized now against institutional norms and ideas but also again you know because of what happened in the black lives matter fallout right like against the notion that we should have any sort of you know because there was a period it wasn't that long ago that it was donald trump has criminal justice reform right yeah right and, and donald trump has criminal justice reform and that that would be completely implausible now right or now what no matter who even if trump died the republican nominee would be somebody that would be Basically, four extrajudicial killings by by border security and police in certain scenarios, or at least at least anti anti it, okay, and and then anti any sort of belief that the whatever elite D.C. New York, you know, like uh, attorney general, FBI, all of that, like opposed to to believing that 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 Republicans need to follow you know the, those rules. Um, I think that has absolutely, you know, I, and I, I think that that's actually getting worse and worse as we, you know, over time. Like, is that that was, you know, Trump was elected, and I don't, I don't think that that was true even in like the first two years of the Trump term, right? So no, I think that we're seeing now. that polarization to be exacerbated gonna, year over year, and, and it'll speed up, right? All polarizations accelerate, yeah, once they start, and I, it's great. This is this is how you get a civil war. All right, uh, two minutes, and then you got to go. Uh, Coach Prime update. Uh, very, very close game at USC. Very impressive. Yes. Yeah, two L's, you know, but he's out without Travis Hunter. Did you see the bowling video? Hey, again, it's JVL. The conversation goes on from there. If you want to hear the rest of the show, head on over to Bulwark Plus and subscribe. We'd love to have you.